Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. This week's episode is going to be on The Wizard. It's a movie that I personally like a lot. I know that it is not a great movie by any stretch, but I have fond memories of it. Of course, this was supposed to be the episode, I guess, two weeks ago, but that didn't happen because I felt compelled to make an episode about rental stores along with the closure of the one big rental store that still remained, Family Video. Sadly, they are closing all of their stores. If you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend checking it out. It allowed me to take a little bit of a deep dive into my past and my personal attachment to rental stores. The following week was also about the last Blockbuster. Of course, that is the last Blockbuster store in existence, sadly. But honestly, I'm hoping that they stick around for a good long while. I think it's time we get into the episode. Starring Fred Savage, Bo Bridges, Christian Slater, Jenny Lewis, and Luke Edwards. This is the 1989 Todd Holland-directed The Wizard. This one tells the story of a boy that runs away with his brother who might have autism, maybe not. That's actually a plot point later in the film. But he runs away with his brother who was recently institutionalized due to his condition with the dreams of going to California as well as having his brother compete in a Nintendo video game competition called Video Armageddon. Along the way, they meet an interesting cast of characters. One of them is a girl who is a streetwise grifter, along with a kid that's obsessed with the Power Glove, because you know, it's so bad. First things first on this movie, it's not very original. A lot of people have compared it to the movie Rain Man with children. I guess I can see that a little bit. Uh, It does share some similarities. I haven't seen Rain Man in a long time and not really intending on going back to checking it out either. The other thing critics accused it of is simply a movie that is a big advertisement for Nintendo. They said that it was basically a 90 minute commercial just for them. I can actually see that. However, with me loving Nintendo and having a lot of good memories about the NES, I don't really see that as a negative. We get some cool video game footage. Of course, we don't have to watch the movie. We can just simply play the games. But, you know, it's kind of nice that this is a time capsule of how big Nintendo and video games were at that point in time. This film was also the first time that we got a glimpse at Super Mario Bros. 3. That was a big deal as well. I remember wanting to play Super Mario Bros. 3 when I saw this in theaters. Of course, it wasn't out yet. However, that didn't stop me from wanting to play it. I know my mom was pretty excited for the game as well. It was a good day when it finally did come out and we were able to find a copy. If I am remembering correctly, I do believe that was actually a tough one to find when it came out because it was selling out. The Wizard came out at a time when Fred Savage was still a popular child actor, along with Christian Slater. They both had pretty successful careers up until now. This might have been right at the point where they started to taper off a little bit as far as their popularity. At the time, The Wonder Years was still a running show. Fred Savage had success in a couple other films such as The Princess Bride or Vice Versa. 
along with Christian Slater there, who is coming off of the movie Heathers. So just having both of these actors alone in the movie, you would think that it would have been a big success. Sadly, it was not. If I'm remembering properly, this was in and out of theaters pretty quickly. What's strange about it is that time seems to have been kind to the movie. For one, it's not a bad film. It's kind of grown with its audience, probably because of people like me that have pretty fond memories of the film. As I stated earlier, it's definitely not a great film, but it's actually not a bad movie either. It's a movie that's pretty entertaining for its entire 90 minute running time. It doesn't really drag too much. There's a couple of scenes that do drag because we're probably more interested in looking at the video game footage as a whole. But some of the dramatic backstory involving Fred Savage's Corey character, along with why his brother Jimmy, why he may be the way he is, along with Jenny Lewis's character of Haley coming more or less from a broken home. I think all of these aspects with the kids' individual stories, I think it's handled really well throughout the entire movie. It's nothing too heavy, however, when you find out about Jimmy's backstory and why he more or less shut down, it's pretty tragic overall. I feel that he may have had just a traumatic childhood based on his stepmom dying. He didn't really know how to process all of that, along with dealing with his mom and dad, who are divorced at this point. It seems like that may have led to his autism, even though, I don't know, I think maybe they didn't really get the kid help, the help that he needed to actually process the trauma of losing his stepmom along with the dealing with the divorce. So I really don't think that he actually has autism. I think that he built a shell for himself because he didn't really know how to process everything. Maybe I'm thinking too much into the movie, but I don't feel like the mom, his mom, I don't feel like she should have actually put him away in a facility the way that it was shown earlier in the film. There are some actual funny moments in the movie, as well as some unintentionally funny moments. The unintentionally funny moments for me involved ones with the private investigator. He winds up telling the one waitress that he's looking for children. He gives off a definite pedophile type of vibe. Honestly, the pedophile vibe that he gives off, it's so strong that later in the movie when Haley accuses him of touching her breast, casino security, they automatically believe her and arrest him. This guy looks like a creep and a scumbag. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or not. I thought it was pretty hilarious because his delivery is definitely off to me. He's definitely very off. The movie is definitely not perfect. There's a couple things that actually made me laugh too. One of them was the initial scene of Jimmy playing Double Dragon. It's kind of funny to me because you hear him playing the game when the opening cinematic of when Marion is punched in the stomach and kidnapped. He's hitting the buttons. He's so good at video games that he's actually playing the cinematic. Of course, this is just an error, but it seems kind of funny to hear the buttons being slammed on when you're simply just supposed to watch that part. But hey, he is the wizard after all. 
It should be noted that this movie actually made the Power Glove look cool. It was not a cool device. I owned one and still do. I have no idea where it's at, but yes, I still own the Power Glove. Lucas makes that thing look so badass that watching it here in the movie, you could not help but want one. I believe he plays the game Road Blasters with it. It looks great. In actual use and practice, this thing was awful. The Power Glove was easily a waste of money but instead this movie made it look cool, so it did what it intended to do. It made me want a power glove, it made me want to play Super Mario Bros. 3, it made me want to run away to California. Well, no, it didn't. I'm just kidding there. <laughs> I mean, seriously, when you watch a scene of Lucas using the power glove to actually control the video game, it looks like he's in an intense state of euphoria. I really do wish I had that same state of euphoria when I used my power glove, but no, it was a severe disappointment. Well played, movie. As fun as what this movie is, probably one of the major missteps is that while the childhood trauma stuff is written pretty well, it's the dialogue of the kids. I guess it was supposed to be funny that they had very adult ways of talking about things, and sure, that's all good, but it to me feels like the writer didn't really know how to write dialogue for children in general. Since he didn't really know how to write for children, it comes across as awkward sometimes. There are some good moments throughout the movie where the children are simply allowed to just be kids, and I think that's handled really well. It's just the dialogue sometimes comes across as a little goofy. But if we're really looking too hard at this movie, then I think we're kind of missing the point. It's just supposed to be a simple kids film, family film, whatever you'd like to call it, that is just a fun movie in general to watch. Director Todd Holland handles things pretty well here. The movie is never really boring. It just drags slightly at parts. It doesn't feel like it's any longer than 90 minutes. It feels like a pretty breezy film overall. Todd Holland, of course, didn't really direct a whole lot of cinematic films. He mostly works in television. He did work on one of the shows that I like a lot, Twin Peaks. He was a director for a few episodes of that. He was also director and producer of Malcolm in the Middle. In my opinion, a very funny show. It's also a show that gives kids a somewhat more intelligent voice than what we're used to seeing in TV shows and movies. You also have to keep an eye out in this movie for Tobey Maguire. This was his first movie that he was involved with. He is one of Lucas's, you know, the Power Glove guy. He was one of his goons, and I believe he's actually credited as one of Lucas's goons on IMDb. It's kind of funny, but he's here in his full-on molded glory. I did enjoy that the Nintendo competition, Video Armageddon, I enjoyed that that was actually at Universal Studios there in California. It was kind of cool because they have the King Kong ride there. It makes an appearance. Not only that, the announcer for Video Armageddon, he's actually kind of funny because he sounds like a deranged Krusty the Clown in my opinion. Just watch it and listen to his voice and tell me he doesn't remind you of Krusty the Clown. I am assuming that everybody knows who Krusty the Clown is. He's from The Simpsons. Overall, this is definitely a movie that's not a bad way to spend 90 minutes of your time. If you have kids, go ahead and gather them around and enjoy the movie. It's definitely entertaining and 
it still remains a favorite of mine, even though I'm in my 30s. If and when I have children, I will definitely make it a point to show them The Wizard. I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing, go ahead and drop me a email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you need to catch up on some past episodes, you can do so at my website, adamanalyzes.com. Also, if you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to continue making new episodes and reach new listeners. Plus, you know I love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night.